Welcome to Matthew Felix, the radio episodes, words, and images. I'm Matthew Felix, author of the novel A Voice Beyond Reason and the travel story collection With Open Arms, short stories of misadventures in Morocco. In February 2018, what is now my Matthew Felix On Air video podcast began as an internet radio program in downtown San Francisco. The radio episodes, Words and Images podcast, feature segments from that radio show, in which I converse with writers, photographers, filmmakers, and more. I hope you like the show. And don't forget to check out the current incarnation, Matthew Felix On Air, available here, as well as on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening, and talk soon. Lona Merck is an award-winning author, photographer, and speaker. And I was going to ask her again how to pronounce her name before we started. So you're going to tell me in a second if I got if got that you know relatively close. Uh, she has worked with Care International in Nepal, then team manager at the Chaos Pilots in San Francisco, and a partner producer at Idea Garden Productions. Lona's essays have been published in Danish, American, and Nepalese newspapers, anthologies, and magazines, including In Style, Cosmopolitan, People, the San Francisco Chronicle, and the Huffington Post. In addition to her new book, which we're going to talk about today, Lona has published a memoir, Seeing Red, A Woman's Quest for Truth, Power, and the Sacred, about her soul-bearing quest for liberation. Lona is the founder of the photo atelier Lolo's Boudoir, and she has helped thousands of women find adventure, healing, and transformation through her photography. Lona splits her time between Denmark and the U.S., and today we're lucky to have here right have her right here in San Francisco. Welcome, Lona. Thank you, Matthew. All right, say your name again for me. Lona Merck. Luna. So it's more like a U. Lona. Oh, it's so tough. You're so tired of telling, trying to explain it to Americans. Yes, it's weird because I'm pretty good with languages, but for it's just there's something about that vowel. Yes, maybe it's more like two O's. Two O's. Luna. 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 Very good. You're close. Luna. But you can call me Luna. Okay. Lots of people do that. But then that kind of sounds like loony. Is well, that a problem? I'm a little loony. You're a little loony, so you're okay with I'm that. I'm a little lunar, too. I mean, Yeah, a little okay. Luna. We got the Moon Association. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's okay. I'll take it. All right. Thank you for your forgiveness and understanding. So you have been working very hard since your arrival in the U.S., though, I mean, this most recent arrival on this current trip. Every time I look at social media, I see that you've done yet another event for your book, and I really admire how you seem to be so good about getting yourself out there and getting your book out there. Uh, and along those lines, I wanted to thank you because you actually contacted me about being on the show. And at the end of every show, I tell people to please let me know if they have a show idea or if they've got something they want to talk about or promote. And I really appreciate you taking me up in the offer because hopefully it's a win-win situation. So thank you again for that. Uh, but how have the events been going? How, how, what were the last couple that you did? I think there was one at the Bindery I saw recently. Yes, what are the last, yes. last couple? Um, I mean, the big one that felt important to me, uh, which I booked already in the fall, uh, was at the Book Passage because yeah. I've lived here for so many years and the other book was launched at the Book Passage, so it feels like home. Yes. It feels like here they will give my book wings and, you know, it's all good. Um, so that was the big one. And then there's been some events at Why the Words uh, at the Hivery, mm -hmm. speaking to a writer circle in Mill Valley. Uh, the bindery was interesting because it was a, 
uh, f- four of us, uh-huh. uh, three women authors that I know who happened to come out with books just now. Oh, nice. And somehow we realized that we were all writing about a female journey that goes through the body. Nice. The, the inner knowing becomes part of the, the journey, uh-huh, getting uh-huh. in touch with that. So a nice panel sort of discussion, group discussion. Yeah, more loose, yeah. more like a salon. We okay. read a little bit. I showed some photos and then we were sort of weaving the stories around actually how to look at the the hero's journey today because we feel like the old one that we've been taught and that's in the myths are kind of outdated Okay. and not necessarily the female experience. Right. Right. So hold that thought because we're definitely going to get into that. Uh, but you just touched on something I was curious about. You said you 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 have a long standing uh, history here in the in the San Francisco Bay Area. So you lived here for quite a while. Yes. Can you just give us a little context about your history here? Yes, I um, you know I traveled in the Western states in the early '90s and loved it, the big mm-hmm. nature because I lived in Nepal. So I was you know I'm in love with big mountains nature. and yep. I come from Denmark. It's smaller. Not a lot of mountains. It's, no, so. It's not quite as dramatic. It's very sweet and beautiful. But you have some cliffs, I think, in the upper and the northern. Oh, uh, the cliffs. east, east, yeah. the island to in Baltic Sea. Yeah. Bornholm is the is the only real cliffy, okay, rocky okay. place. Right, right. But the west coast, all along the west coast, is kind of wild. Yeah, yeah. But again, but not the same. Not the not same as the here. Same. Yeah. The idea of the vast expanse really has spoken to uh, my soul mm-hmm. uh, that you could just go road tripping or hiking and not really meet anyone yes. for quite a while, which is rare, you yep. know. Um, but I came to San Francisco in 1998 with okay. a job with the Chaos Pilots okay. as a sort of entrepreneurial educational program in Scandinavia from Denmark that had an outpost here. So this was uh, the way I got to live in San Francisco. And then I met an American man and uh, got hitched by Elvis in Las Vegas. <laughs> I know. I know. That's pretty so, cool. That's very American. Very American. Very American. Very American. Yeah. Um, and a lot of fun. Um, and then, you know, we got married and I stayed on and we worked together in a video media production, yep. um, which was sort of the end to me picking up photography. Which is my next question. So what a beautiful segue. So how did you get started in photography? Um, it's, you know, during all my travels when I was younger, even going back to school, I did pick up a camera and I was kind of interested in it but I remember my dad was talking to me about shutter speed and all these things technical, technical things and I was just like I don't yeah I know it intuitively but I cannot explain to you logically so I kind of put it away for a while um, but I picked it up again over here because I realized that the light in visual storytelling is significant it's mm-hmm. the most important part and I really wanted to master that so that and at the same time, it was starting to become digital everything. And I, I got myself an old Nikon camera, analog, yep. 35 millimeter film, film uh-huh. black and white. I wanted to go sort of basic and I want to learn about the light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of the first impetus to this whole project. That's so interesting because, you know, we just got done talking with Aaron or I just got done talking with, with Aaron. And so much of our conversation was about the darkness and the light and the contrast between the two. So um, one of many overlapping themes that I'm sure we'll touch on here. But uh, so you initially, though, you didn't start off 
uh, photographing women. That wasn't your initial intent, um, right? You were just, I don't know, what, what were, were you just focused on nature? What was your original? Well, or? the original idea was portraits. Um, okay. But, you know, before I even got going on that part, uh, I got this crazy idea that I would photograph, I would photograph myself, have a friend to photograph me for a mm-hmm. book from my now ex-husband. Right. Because he insisted on homemade gifts, um, you know, make an effort, do something. Oh, that's something. nice. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> so yeah. I had to be creative. And um, this experience was just really sort of a, an, a beginning of this whole idea of, of working with women because there I was in my bedroom trying to be sexy and fun and cute and all these things and, and uh, found, you know, initially it was really awkward, but also came through the process feeling liberated mm-hmm. um, and feeling okay with being looked at and expressing myself. If I can read a couple quotes, because this was very powerful for me when I read this. So, um, because one of the things, so, and I, I'm just curious, timeline-wise, at this point, you haven't opened Lolo's Boudoir. You haven't started taking, obviously, you no. haven't started taking, right. So, um, so what I, so, and we'll get to Lolo's Boudoir in a moment, and that's when you do start photo, uh, photographing women, and that becomes more your focus, and, and you get into the empowerment, and, and ultimately, it leads to the new book, Embody. Um, but as I was reading about your work and, and all of that, I, st- I couldn't help but think multiple times, I wonder if she has actually been the subject of the camera, you know? And so when I saw that that's actually how you got started, it almost gave you, not that you needed, insofar as my perspective, more credibility because I've already seen your work and I've already, including the writing that goes along with the book, which I read last night and really enjoyed and found very inspiring and, and again, provocative and, and powerful. But, um, but when I saw that you actually started by being on the other side of the lens it gave me this, or in my eyes, it gave you this credibility because, okay, she's experienced what she's quote unquote putting these other women through. And you're not putting the women through because they're choosing to do this. But I just thought that that was a really interesting way that you got started. And so a couple quotes. Uh, there, bare against the red walls, this is in your photo session where your friend is taking your picture. Quote, the merciless camera pointing at me. So the merciless camera. So that again tells me you understand exactly what it feels like to be on the other side. Uh, I froze like a deer in the headlights. Uh, But then a little further down in the same quote, quote, my initial intent had been to remind him, my husband, of the woman he fell in love with. But to my surprise, I was falling in love with myself again. My friend and I laughed so hard. We'll talk about the laughing later. So uh, tell me a little bit about that, because I think that's at the that underpins everything. Right. You discovered I was falling in love with myself again. You thought you were doing it for him. You were doing it for you and you didn't realize it. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yes. Um, you know, there's layers in this, always, Lots right? Lots of layers. Lots of layers. So, you know, at that time, I'd been married for a couple of years. The initial romance had sort of died down, but we'd also gotten really busy with working, and I was in a new culture. I had to get my life to work, relationship, business, the whole thing. So I was, you know, in workers' clothes most of the time. Yeah. Uh, so I think I missed that sort of, um, attention uh, from him but I think what I got from the experience was oh my god I forgot to give myself that attention Yourself, exactly um, and I realized and this is also something in hindsight I could say about Lolo's Boudoir it really became um, a private space outside of marriage outside of work outside of culture even mm-hmm. where or especially I, especially yeah, yes yeah. Um, but where 
I needed to get in touch with myself. Um, and I think that's why it, it grew so quickly without me doing much about it because mm-hmm. it was word of mouth and it was like this longing or need somehow I touched in women. Could I also go in a private space where I can explore this? Yes, maybe I need the guy as an excuse or whatever else, milestone birthday, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that has been part of why this grew, that women, without even knowing each other, have have felt this desire to step into a private space, confidential. It was not for anyone in particular. Um, it was more for them themselves to have the experience of engaging with who am I as a woman, how do I relate to this body, what does it mean to be sensual? Why do I feel like hiding? Mm-hmm. What am I ashamed of? Yes. How can I s- sort of cross that barrier and feel good about who I am? Yep. All those questions. So let's talk specifically. I would like to talk about, um, first of all, we're going to focus on Lolo's Boudoir because, again, the book actually comes out of the work that you do there and, and also outside of, of the boudoir. But um, that seems to me, again, kind of the where, where it all starts. And I, I want to talk about first sort of the, uh, the why, again, which you just got done touching on, but I have some specific questions. And then I want to go into the how with regards to your actual process when you're working with the women, because I think that's really interesting and um, important. So on the, uh, the Lolo's Boudoir photo session page, so where I would go if I were a potential subject and I wanted to engage you to do one of your sessions, there are a few things that really stood out. So one is the, the headline, so quote, dare to see and be seen. Then you also say a visual rite of passage. And then the the sort of paragraph, introductory paragraph to the idea of the session, quote, tap into your imagination and reawaken your sensuality, strength, and freedom. I have helped a thousand women get there. Whether to celebrate, heal, liberate, or discover, I help you unfold your personal narratives and capture your unique body, beauty, and being in artistic light. So along those lines of the first line, which was dare to see and be seen, elsewhere I read that you said, everyone longs to be seen, but everyone is also afraid of seeing themselves. So you kind of, well, you didn't, you kind of went in that direction when we were talking about you and kind of how, but, but can you elaborate a little bit on that? Because I think it's absolutely right. But, um, but can you elaborate on that, particularly relative to what you've learned in, in these experiences for photographing these women? You know, this quote came out of an experience because there was a woman and this was a few years into doing this work uh, she came to me because a friend had sent her you know she was in some sort of transition transition in life and you know she was like why would I want to be photographed what can it do for me and I'm like well I don't know mm-hmm. you'll discover that you know and I gave her ideas what other women had come to do um, so they but it's going to be different for everyone. Yeah, they all bring different things that are going on for them. And it can be everything from issues with the body image, uh, not being able to see oneself, not feeling sensual, having lost whatever, uh, child, marriage, um, career transitions, aging, all those things, illness. But two of the big themes that I think you could categorize a lot of those into, sort of on, on umbrellas, is... Um, finding oneself and awakening that comes up a lot in your writing and and relative to the photographs. So how does one, how does taking off my clothes for the camera help me to find or awaken to myself? 
Yeah. You know, I do want to finish the one just mm -hmm. before. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Because sure. she's, she, she said to me when she was leaving, you know, I'm not afraid of being photographed. I'm afraid of, of not liking the pictures. Mm, I prefer to be in the illusion of myself. That hit me so hard because in a way she expressed to me something I might have sensed in, in the many women I photographed before her but had not really gotten the language for. So that really was a turning point for me in understanding, oh yes, you know, what if we don't like what we see? Mm -hmm. you know, Breaking so, the illusion. Yes, break the illusion and become more real, more accepting, more embracing of who we are. That really became an important part for me. Mm -hmm. And I also want to say that just outside, before I stepped into the studio, this yeah. guy gave me a boa. Oh, he gave you uh, that. Yes, which was kind of fun because in the beginning of Lolo's Boudoir, it was fun. Yeah. It was boas and long Dressing up and, and having... Oh, yeah. Right. And and slowly as I That's got a nice to synchronicity there. Yeah. Yes, yeah. as I got to understand more and more what was going on with the women, it became deeper, and I was going deeper. And exactly that process of how can you ironically uh, liberate someone from the idea of an image through making new images, you know, because sort of a, a, a strange paradox. But I think we the process it, there is no agenda. I have no um, specific way that I need this woman to be, look, act. Um, so it really is like an open, creative, intuitive, ex experimental process. Uh, a lot of it is about creating a safe space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and we do that before we even start photographing. We talk. Can you hold that thought? Mm -hmm. Because when we get into the how, yeah. I, I, I specifically want to talk about that because I am curious about the process. Okay. But I'm still a little curious um, about the why. So, because one thing we just talked about, the finding the self, the awakening. Yeah. What about the healing? Because that's another big theme here, right? Yes. For a lot of people, this is incredibly healing. And it's interesting because it almost sounds a little paradoxical because I'm putting myself into this inc incredibly uncomfortable situation yeah. for most of the women, I would assume, uh, because I'm dealing with my shame. I'm dealing with past trauma. I'm dealing with my body image issues. And yet I want to confront, I want to have the courage to confront this because it is ultimately I'm going to, there's, there's healing that's going to take place as a result. Can you speak to that? How, how this can, again, how taking my clothes off for the camera, which I might be mortified to do, can ultimately be tremendously healing. Yes, and I think, um, you know, the nakedness is not required. Um, it's an offer. Mm -hmm. If you feel comfortable and that's something you want to do, by all means, let's go there. And sometimes I may push a little if mm -hmm. I can see, because how many times are you comfortable with someone that you could actually do that? Right. Um, but I think metaphorically speaking, the nudity was sort of a fast track to, to having to, in a physical way, emotional, mental, just sort of step through that barrier right off the bat and go, okay, here I am, naked. Um, and a, body, a naked body can just be a physical naked body, but I think symbolically it became how naked can I get with myself? Um, how, how, how free can I be to uh, express myself through this body? How many facets of myself can I bring into play? So, of course, that's part of the process where I kind of open up the opportunity for people to do that. Um, but I think it's part of them feeling 
uh, I'm there to witness, um, and I'm on their side. I'm looking for uh, what's beautiful, what's interesting, what has emotion, uh, what feels true to her. Um, I'm, you know, I think me being in there as this as this sort of um, both facilitator and handholder and I and, and witness you uh, use yes, that word mm-hmm. um, sort of becomes part of this process where you know once once you feel that somebody is actually caring for you and looking for the good you can relax mm-hmm. and you could you start showing up more mm-hmm. you start sharing more of yourself because you are not feeling criticized so that space of an intimate space where there's no judgment there is no agenda as to how i want you to be um i'm there to discover with you um i'm there to go on this um unraveling journey if you will um but also you know maybe we play with symbolic stuff or fantasy or um, candid we do lots of different things so it becomes a journey uh, and I think we 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 may have different goals in mind my goal is to get to a place where I felt I saw her mm-hmm. and I think her goal is probably more complex <laughs> yeah, she wants to yeah. have some great photos yeah um but i'm now bringing in the process again so you may not even have to ask me about it later <laughs> no i'm still gonna ask it because i still have more questions but but you actually came to where i was going to go which is again i think to me with regards to healing because that's that's where this particular yeah. question i started with this particular question and i think I think the answer here largely is, and of course it's never a simple answer, but I think largely is what you've just come back to, which is this, it's healing to be seen. We spend so much of our lives feeling that we're not necessarily seen and just that act or just getting to that space where we do have a safe, loving, trustworthy witness that so we can then go into that space and be seen in that space, whatever that space might be for us, that is healing in and of itself. Yes, and I also feel part of it is that we do so many different things, so you must surrender. You cannot know what I'm seeing. So at some point, and that's part of the go through the barriers and breakthroughs, and you you got to surrender to be present, mm-hmm. to be you, mm-hmm. present in your body, in your experience. You have to surrender control. You have to surrender wanting to know exactly what I'm seeing, meaning... The witness is not like the normal mirror where you have the time to criticize yourself. So you have to come into the body, into the experience. And I think that in itself um, gets you in touch with with yourself and your body and your sensation. Uh, So it's a felt sense of beauty. That's what I'm looking for. But I think, I hope that the women I work with, they also come into having a, a feeling of freedom, having a feeling of sensuality, having a feeling of beauty rather than an image of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one thing that you said, and now you are forcing me into the process, but this is too good. I have to go there because one thing I wanted to ask about the process, and you just touched on this, is you said a couple quotes. Um, da, 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 da. I'm aware and attentive to seeing who really shows up when she shows up. It's about finding the sweet spot where a woman drops into her body. And again, that's uh, related to what you just said. And the other quote I'll add here is, 
getting out of the head and into the body was the way. And I, I think the way in this context was the process of getting the woman into the space so that she's really being her true authentic self. And that's being reflected in what she's giving you, what she's given the camera. So I don't even know, I guess, what my question is here. How do you, I guess now we're, we are going to go in the process here. How do you get, how do you know when the woman has come into her body? How do you know when there's been that switch? You know, when I get concrete questions like that, it's really hard for me to answer because I don't know. I don't have a mythology mm -hmm. where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do... Because part of my mythology is to have no mythology. And the part intuitive. Of my, yes, I'm, I come as a blank slate. I talk to the woman. I have some ideas about what, what she's... Um, bringing to the table what she's wishing for, what's going on with her, and I try to translate that into visual metaphors I can work with and she can work with. Um, but I think the movement is that you come... We live in a culture. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to sort of take, okay. take the eagle's view here. It's okay. Um, I, well, we, I just, I yeah, just saw we, an eagle. Yes. I mentioned right. that in the previous hour. That's, anyway, go that's ahead. That's right, that's <laughs> right. Um, the culture we live in is making us into these externally oriented people who are constantly emulating and representation. Uh, we are constantly presenting ourselves. We are not being present. Mm -hmm. We are presenting an, an idea of ourselves, an image. Uh, uh, and so when people come to me to make images, to have a, a beautiful captures of themselves, we have to kind of reorient our um, awareness. So it's not so much um, looking at me seeking validation through the camera. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, I try to move people towards an inner, um, an inner, an inner expression. Um, and of course it goes much deeper it, and this is not something we talk about necessarily in the sessions but it's like I try to move women away from this desire to look like someone look like an image to feel like herself so move away from the image to an experience of oneself to become present in the body to what you're actually feeling and knowing about beauty about sexuality about strength about autonomy um, so that's become my process the because you know photographing so many women i know america love to say thousands but let's just you know maybe thousands no, I took that from your <laughs> website. Don't blame me for being an American. It said on your website, I have done a thousand women. That was yeah, a quote. Well, yeah, yeah, a thousand. Yes, but, yes. But I have noticed that when I am presented, that my people friends, turn it say, up yes, a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's just a thousand women. Yeah. Well, uh, which they, is still, by the way, quite admirable, yes, by the way. Yes, and it adds up. And it adds up when there's not one common denominator that they all come from the same place same age same status no these are women from all walks of life all ages from 17 to 95 and i think it has given me the backstage view of this culture and how um we really do seem to live to look the part rather than just 
living the part. Yes. Uh, and I think when I understood that, and I'll share more about why that provoked me, if that's even interesting, but but I'm not a superficial person, and I I don't want to engage with people in a superficial way. So, right. of course, that's going to come into this session. I'm curious about, all right, we could do sexy shots of you in lingerie, and we could pull out the bow if that's fun for you. But really... I'm more interested in, in what else is there. Mm -hmm. Like what is stirring inside you? What is what is inside your skin that you need to express? What do you find beautiful? What what is sensual to you if it's not to please someone else, if it's not to seek validation from someone else or the, the culture or the community you're part of, if you let that go, who is left? Mm -hmm. And back to the nakedness. Mm -hmm. The nakedness is a beautiful metaphor for stripping down all those layers of who you think you're supposed to be and who you're supposed to look like. And, well, you know. and for me, when you were talking about that, I was thinking, you know, is, is this why the nakedness is so important? And when I say this, I mean this notion that if I'm naked... Because so much of what we do, whether it's in a spiritual sense, whether it's meditation, whether it's whatever it might be, is about trying to get out of our heads and into our bodies. So if I'm standing before you naked, I probably don't have a choice. So is that kind of probably one of the cruxes of, of the sense of whether you're completely naked or largely naked, whatever it is, your, your particular level of comfort and what I'm doing in the photo session, it seems like that might be sort of a way of not quite forcing the issue, but greatly facilitating the issue. Because now I'm standing here, I'm so aware of my body if I'm standing there before you naked. And so that to me seems like that's got to that's part of the reason why I think it's probably so important to the mission that you're talking about. And so far as getting people to their true selves, getting people to have these awakenings, this healing, whatever they might be getting out of their experience with you. Yes. I think there's different layers in it. First, um, I grew up in a, in a time in the seventies in Denmark when the body was not yet sexualized mm -hmm. in the same way it is today. Mm -hmm. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Nepal where there's a whole other body cultures. I came to America was sort of the first time I was already 30, bombarded with pop culture, mainstream media, uh, soon the internet. Um, so in a way, I lived a life that wasn't so shaped by the media. Mm -hmm. So coming here was really provoking. Yeah, so talk to me a little bit about, because that's, that's another question that I had about the difference, because... I went to Europe at an early age. I was an exchange student, and I noticed right away this difference in, in, in body perception. And I still see it today, 30 years later, however many years later. So what what is your experience of, and I know you were just getting ready to tell me that, but also tell me about your specific experience when you first got here in, in these revelations that you had with regards to the differences. And then I'm curious if you think they still persist with regards to the differences that of body issues, body perception, you know, Europe versus the States today as well. Ooh, now we're jumping. <clears throat> yes. Um, you know, I, I do feel that I've spent some time in Denmark recently. Yep. And I do feel the internet has brought on a global right. uh, twist to the whole thing that uh, I wouldn't be able to fully separate. I still feel that there is a more liberal, loose, like Danish... TV uh, news will show people bathing naked on the beach and it, you know, never happened here. Yeah. And um, I heard nothing about 
the limitation of this book and its cover, which has a very, um, I mean, discreet photograph of, of a woman's backside that's naked, but this cannot be out on display in a bookstore because of kids. And so, you know, I, I do sense that there's still some some differences, and it surprises me because I've lived here for you know nearly 17, 17 years, and for some reason I had, had not really <laughs> seen this coming. Um, but and also, you know, the last 20, 30 years, the body has become a significant um, selling tool. Um, so in a way, you could say me making this book has really been, one, I want to normalize the body. You know, I want to let the body be itself through all the different women and types of bodies and colors and, and, and shapes. And it ages. Uh, we're still women. We could still be sensual. We can still engage with our inner sensuality for ourselves, um, nobody can take that away from us. Yeah, we we sort of play that game, so we need to play it back. We mm -hmm. need to take uh -huh. it back. Uh -huh. And I also wanted to show, um, um, you know, it's not. I don't think there's an end goal. I don't think there's an end. I have reached awakening. I have reached healing. Now I'm complete. I'm perfect. I don't believe in that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I really think life is a lot more complex. Uh, being in a, in a human body, being in a female body is extremely complex because you, you, this idea that we can control um, this physical thing, this physical part of us that is what makes us available to life and it's what life lives through us. I mean... We would be nobody without this body. The material world. Yeah. So, so this body is a significant part of our experience, and it it cannot be controlled. Um, it c it can be dressed up, and we could try to squeeze it into a really tight corset, <laughs> uh, but everyone loses. There's no space for breath. There's no space for aliveness. There's no space for us to change. And we have to allow that to be at peace with ourselves. Yep, yep. So that's part of why I made the book, to sort of say, okay, um, we don't need to go in our private room anymore to, to reconnect with ourselves. We should be able to do that as a general way of being mm -hmm. in this world. We don't need to hide out to do it. And Because and, and, I feel like that's often women, what, you know, what we've done. We've, we've hidden in the kitchens. We've gone... Uh, to our to our little retreats, and we get in touch with ourselves there. But I think it needs to be integrated in our general life. It it can't be hidden. Yeah. Um, and also, um, the idea that there is a, a a perfect that you could reach some sense of perfection is um, is killing you. Mm -hmm. It's it's taking so much effort, you know. If you, if you think about it, women's days, and maybe it's even more in America, I, I shouldn't say that, but it's, you know, women spent, you know, maybe 50% of the day thinking about, do I look all right? Do I wear the mm -hmm. right clothes? Is my mm -hmm. hair good? Mm -hmm. Am I attractive? Yep. Are they, are they going to like me? Um, am I going to get 
a promotion? Am I, you know, like all these things that somehow is centered around uh, your presentation. Yep. And it's it's exhausting. It's completely exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more. Let's say that I have been listening to this radio interview and I'm thinking that I want to sign up for a session. Take me through the, I mean, I obviously go to your website, but then I show up and and what does that look like? Well, these days, because I'm by country or by country or whatever <laughs> country-al, that would be yes. yeah yeah uh you would have to uh we'll have to coordinate a little bit about you can't just show up right because it's, you don't have the boudoir yeah these days the yeah boudoir, the boudoir is now a, a metaphorical yes thing yes but uh, i photograph anywhere yep and everywhere yep um and that's part of it we will have a conversation I'll learn about you. I'll ask you questions. Yep. You'll share your inspirations. Mm-hmm. You may share me long stories about why now. Yeah. Uh, you will talk to me about your inspirations. Uh, I will try to sort of listen in and I'll give you some, I call them visual metaphors, mm-hmm. but I'll try to translate. For instance, um, if you came to me, I feel like I've put myself in a prison in my life. Yeah. And I would ask, how could we symbolically work with that feeling if mm-hmm. that's important for you? Mm-hmm. And maybe that is ropes. I did that with a woman in, in Budapest. Uh, and it was like completely amateur. It was not meant to look like any kind of bondage. BDSM, or it was, yep. No, it, it was simply meant to symbolize for her this feeling of being bound. Mm-hmm. Is that photo in the book? Because there's yeah, a book. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember yeah. that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, the wings... Mm-hmm. The wings came up yep, because yep. a woman um, uh, had a thing about, she felt like her wings had been clipped. Mm-hmm. She had no voice. She had no ability sort of to propel herself forward, yeah. to lift up in life. Uh, so that's why we came up with the wings. And and we don't know if it's going to work. It doesn't matter. I'm not attached to what happens and what we do, but it's helpful. And... So in one session, depending on what we've talked about, we may do both indoors and outdoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have a thing where you really want to photograph in some funky old um, warehouse or something rustic or grim. and Or you want beach and nature. You have something, trees makes you feel connected or you feel... Um, like a kid running on the beach and you want to have that kind of a open space freedom, the water speaks to you, you know, whatever it is. Um, Do you find that the women usually come to you and they have a sense of that sort of thing of what it might be? They have some, they tell me things and then I try to translate and that jogs there because we all um, are inspired differently. Some yep. people, they, they, they need to speak words. Other people have imagery. Uh, other people will talk about emotion or they will bring up memories and mm-hmm, stories. And mm-hmm. so I try to listen and take that as little, could we do like this? Would this, would, would it speak to you to, to be photographed in this posh castle? Right. Or is it important where it is? And ul- ultimately it isn't, mm-hmm. but sometimes it helps um, get comfort. in touch with a f- yeah. Get in touch with a dream or a feeling or something, and then we work uh, across the board from me trying to capture your body if that's desired in an artistic way, sort of to give you a thirty 
360 degree view of, of yourself uh, to maybe something more of sensual, soft, feminine, if you want to play more ov overtly sexual, to sort of see what that feels and looks like for mm -hmm. you when it's not directed towards someone. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we do fantasy, we do candid, we do more introvert, uh, capturing you in your own space. I love movement. Movement um, helps you get out of the head and let your body express. I could see a lot in the body language. And I will do little you know, adjustments and little shoulder taps and things when I see the body is rigid and, mm -hmm. and awkward. Well, and, and that was kind of my next question. So let's say I've come to you and um, maybe I, I'm not a dancer. I don't, I'm not comfortable in my body. That's one of the main reasons I'm here with you today. Uh, you're asking me to dance. So, for example, so part of, it sounds like you're sort of part muse, part facilitator, part counselor almost. So... And, and more, obviously. But so how do you kind of, uh, how do you get someone, because the whole point is I need to do things that I'm uncomfortable with. That's why I'm here. So let's say, again, let's just use this dancing idea. So, but I'm not a dancer. I'm not comfortable in my body. The idea of dancing in front of someone just makes me mortified. How do you help me get there? Because one of the things you also said was I meet you where you are and take you where you want to be. Well, I think also some of what you're doing, though, might be helping me to understand where I want to be, because maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know that I want to dance, that I can dance, how good it's going to feel to dance. Yeah. So how do you help me to overcome those blocks and other blocks? Because, again, I'm here because I'm scared and because I want to grow. So I've got to confront some of these challenges. How do you help me do that? You know, everyone's different. So I, again, I, the intuition you know, yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes someone comes and I can feel they're mortified and I, and I would go, okay, what would be, what would, what's the most daunting thing today? And you could say putting on the corset, dancing, getting naked. And I'm like, and okay, let's start there. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. once we start with that scary thing, right. we find out it's not even scary. Right, you demystify it. Yes. Yep. And also, um, you know, I'm not going to just sort of flippantly say, hey, dance for me. You right, know? right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but I am actually very physical, moving around, moving around, shooting in natural light. Uh, I don't have a lot of sets where it's all sort of set up with lighting. Yep. So that gives us really flexibility. Yep. So there's also not other people. I prefer to not have extra staff. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Again, we, we can be private, we can be flexible, and we can be completely tuned in. Engaged. We don't yeah. Um, so if I can, you know, if I could see that you are entirely stiff in your body and don't know what to do, um, I may ask you, so how could you express this awkwardness in your body? Mm -hmm. Or how could you find a place of freedom? Uh, and if we're outside, why don't you just crawl around on the rock and, and just something do totally something. crazy yeah, and out there something. just, uh, yeah. or if it's indoor and you know, yeah, why don't you just like move your hips and sort of get into your sort of groovy mm -hmm, movements. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, it's not like I'm going to ask you to be wild cause that's not going to look great on the right, pictures either, right, right. but it's like, um, it's, 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 and I think because it, it's, extremely honest so again if i see you being awkward i'm not i'm just gonna okay shake it loose right you know right just well and and, and, I, and if, if i start 
adjusting your body and doing all kinds of things very quickly we'll just sort of look at each other and go that's not working right so i might start someplace but then i would go okay unravel that and do what your body would normally do how would you yeah. stand sit lie be there yep. in a natural way and then i will move myself to find a way to photograph it that feels um, flattering or interesting. Yeah. And the other big part of this, I think, in, with regards to the comfort and the interaction and breaking down a lot of these barriers, you know, we've been talking about the serious, the healing and the this and the that and the overcoming and the courage, but laughing is a big part of this. Yeah. So you say, you know, I, I saw that over and over. I read that over and over in your video clips, in the book. We laugh a lot. So that's the other big part here that I want to make sure we touch on because it is serious and we are dealing with big issues here. But at the same time, you're also having fun. And that's what also helps you. I mean, laughter is the best medicine, right? And it sounds like that's a big part of this experience. Yeah. And I think sometimes also just that we can laugh at ourselves and what we, you know, like, and, and realize, you know, how stupid we are even trying <laughs> to think that we should look like this or, you know, or we, we have an idea about an outfit and we find out, oh, God, no, it's not <laughs> me at all. Yeah. Uh, but I also think it's a little bit of a tragic, comical kind of laughter because, oh, how can I say this? Okay, I'm going to go with the story. I saw my hairdresser the other day. I've known her for 20 years. She was one of the first women I photographed. Okay. She was only 17. Oh, wow. And uh, she told me I photographed her and her to-be husband in the tiny little apartment. And it was just going to be romantic, sweet, those two together. I think they were headed for marriage. I don't know that they knew at the time. But she said to me, do you remember that shot where we were lying on the bed and he was behind me holding his arms around me and you and I were locking eyes and both of us had tears in our eyes mm. because she was so happy. She felt so good in herself, in her life. And I was there witnessing. I saw it in her. So I think that's also part of the, you know, it's like the the fleeting moments of life and, and the, all these things that we deal with and here we come together in this intimate space and we look at it all. So the laughter and the tears and the silliness um, helps us deal with the fact that, that this is our life and this is, this is it takes up a lot of space in us whether it's dealing with our aging bodies or surrendering to, into a marriage or getting pregnant or uh, overcoming cancer or having to have your breasts removed or um, feeling amputated because you're in a masculine job that doesn't really allow you to be feminine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All these things, it's serious shit. And here we are trying to make art of it and trying to embrace the fullness of all these different facets of our life as we move through it and i think we sense that when we're in there looking at each other like yeah. this yeah so the the, the follow-up question to that and we're almost out of time and i really this this is one of the most interesting questions for me is we've just spent the entire interview talking about how you have helped others but we also know that we can't help someone else without helping ourselves so how and the transformation and the healing so I know this could be a whole other conversation in and of itself, but at a high level, how would you say that this experience, you helping these other women with their transformations, their healing, their growth, 
has had the same impact or a corollary impact on you. Of course. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, you know, exploring with women has definitely helped me on, on understand myself as a woman and, uh, and also taught me how to make peace with women mm-hmm. um, because that was not necessarily easy in my younger years. Uh, women were, in fact, more frightening for me than men. Interesting. Um, the cattiness, the competition, the, um, there's a lot of that in our world that's sure. actually um, making it very hard for us to empower ourselves because not only may we want to empower ourselves in terms of how we deal with the masculine type society, um, but also with women. And then, you know, I think it taught me really to see with compassionate, loving eyes um, and if I should go really deep into that, I think Embody the Book is, is an attempt of saying a woman should be, I want to be looked at like this mm. in all my facets. Mm-hmm. None of them are, are, are good or bad. They just are. They just are. And, yep. and, and it's the fullness of it. It's the wholeness of it. And I think in being seen like that, we find so much freedom. Mm-hmm. And I think the process is, can we look at ourselves with that kind of freedom? Yep, yep. Because can we do that? We can give it to other people. And you are. Mm. So thank you for the book. The book is beautiful. Everyone, please check out the book, Embody Intimate Portraits with Women. I'm reading it upside down. Intimate I skipped a word. Photog- <laughs> intimate photographic encounters and with women. Photographic encounters with women. Yeah, I wasn't using my notes. I was reading it upside down. Uh, the book is beautiful. I just admire your work so much and, and what you're doing and the gifts that you're giving to others. And um, so everyone, please check out the book. Please check out Luna's website. I'm going to spell it as if it were in English. So it looks like Lone Morch to those of us who are Anglos. L-O-N or just Native American speakers. Um, English American speakers. Lone Morch N-L-O sorry L-O-N-E-M-O-R-C-H dot com and then Lolo's Boudoir L-O-L-O-S B-O-U-D-O-I-R dot com Lonamorch.com Lolo's Lolo's Boudoir dot com Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for the book. And uh, nice chatting with you. Nice having you here. <laughs> Thank <Thanks>. you. <laughs> all right. So that is all for today. Uh, next week, Zoe Elton, Director of Programming for the Mill Valley Film Festival, will tell us about her recent trip to the Cannes Film Festival, as well as what goes into putting on one of our own country's most successful film festivals. And Anne Devereaux Mills, who is founder of Parlay House, executive director of the Emmy-nominated The Return, and chairwoman of the board of Marchex Inc., will be on to discuss her latest project. Thanks again to today's guests, author and filmmaker Aaron Byrne, and author and photographer Luna Merck. And thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please help me spread the word. On my show page, you'll see many ways to share on social media. If you see a post on Facebook for an upcoming show that sounds good, please share that. It all really helps, and I really appreciate it. For more about me, my website is matthewfelix.com, and links to my social media, books, audiobooks, other podcasts, and all the rest can be found there. Last but not least, if you have any comments, show ideas, or just want to say hello, you can email me at felixonair at matthewfelix.com. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week.